Hello, Internet. My name's Matt Noble. No, wait. My name's Matt Noble. <sighs> so good. Hello, Internet. My name's Jonathan Cook. And I'm Noble. Matt Noble. <laughs> <laughs> Doesn't have the same charm with an Australian accent. Oh. And I'm Noble. Matt Noble. There you go. So as you can tell, this week we're going to be talking about Bond on the podcast. Mm. Specifically, the latest Bond film, Skyfall. So we're going to be specifically James Bond. There might be other people with a surname Bond. <laughs> what about them? Someone listening to the podcast, Steve Bond, just got really excited. Yeah. He's like, yes, I've been a long-term fan. They're going to finally mention me on the podcast. Yeah. <laughs> well, you just got you mentioned, Steve. So, <laughs> so yeah, Skyfall. It's a movie, it's the latest Bond movie, it's out, it's doing very well. A new Bond film is a big deal. Apparently it's done already $800 million at the box office, which is surprising that that many people didn't wait for the screen verdict review mm. to see whether it was worth watching. Concerning. So that's just how big a fan uh, people that's... are of the Bond character and series. Yes, no, people love the Bond, and people, I think, even maybe more so, got more excited for it this time than they did the last Bond film. Seems maybe stock even on the rise. Mm. What's your view, Jonathan, on Bond, James Bond? Well, I think this is the 23rd Bond film. Mm. I'm not sure. I'd have to go back and count. I think I've probably seen about 10 of the Bond films. I've seen maybe half. I've seen a lot of the more recent ones. I think I've seen all the Daniel Craig and all the Pierce Brosnan ones. And then I've just picked at some of the older ones. A lot of them I watched when I was young. They're the kind of thing that you could find on Channel 7 at, like, mm. 11.30, which I probably thought was really late at the time. Yeah. Uh, back when I was about 10 or 11. So I don't remember them as well, but I've yeah. seen quite a few. Before 11.30 was the time you went out at <laughs> night. It was, like, early nowadays. And of those, I think I've always found them enjoyable. Bond films are quite easy to watch. They're entertaining. But I don't think I ever thought they were great. Bond's never been my favourite I think if you go back and watch the old ones, they're kind of cheesy. I don't think the series has ever been that great. Like, people c- complained about the series going downhill. Like, I'm not sure everyone was the biggest fan of some of the later Pierce Brosnan ones. And this was like a revival of the series. I don't think it was ever at that level to be revived to. I think the Bond films were always just a bit average, but easily watchable. Mm. Yeah, um, maybe with Bond talk about beating a dead horse a little bit. Like, 23 <laughs> films. There's a lot of films for a series and a franchise people are very critical of lots of films in a series like, i know people like born man like a fourth bond they already did three three was too many you can't do a fourth bond film it's like this is the 23rd bond film yeah we've got like um i thought also like like it's very interesting you'll hear a lot of people go oh americans don't know how to do tv <laughs> like the office Britain, Ricky Gervais, got in, did 12 episodes, they were brilliant, got out. And look at those Americans, just milking it for all it's worth. <laughs> Eight seasons later, thank you very much. Um, not not how British do films. British just uh, keep on churning out the Bond films every <laughs> every two years. There's uh, twice as many Bond films probably as Office episodes. Uh, I've seen some of the Bond films, but to be honest, not many. I think I saw Doctor No... I've seen Octopussy. I've seen one of the Sean Connery ones. I saw a couple of the Pierce Brosnan ones. And I haven't seen any of the Daniel Craig ones. (laughs) So, 
from that, you can probably tell I'm not the biggest Bond fan in the world. Um, the films I've seen I've thought are watchable. I sort of don't dislike them, but they don't get me that excited either. Not enough to go and look for more Bond films. So, yeah, I pretty much had no expectations going into this. I think an interesting thing with Bond is, because it has been around for so long, and it's played by different actors, like, as it goes through. Daniel Craig hasn't been Bond in 23 movies. <laughs> That you sort of have in your head your image of Bond is whoever, like, in your childhood was the Bond. Like, Pierce Brosnan will always be the just standard James Bond to me. And I'm not saying he has the best films or anything like that, but it's just when you think of James Bond, I'll think of Pierce Brosnan because he's the guy when I was growing up that was James Bond. Yeah, I think of him too because I played the video game of... I think I played a few Bond video games, but I had The World Is Not Enough on PlayStation. Oh, which is one of the Brosnan things. So the the character in the video game is modelled on him. So I yeah, I thought you would go in N six four Goldeneye, which is a huge fa- like a very uh, probably one of the classic N six four games. Of all I'm sure that's a much better game than the yeah, Brosnan. Yeah, like I, think, I played that yeah. too, but that's the one I remember. Yeah, I don't like how they've got different people playing Bond. Should they have just kept kept Roger Moore? Just Roger Moore should have just done all the Bonds. No matter how old he was, <laughs> we need another Bond. It's like, well, my hip surgery is in two weeks. I'll be on the set in three. I don't know. Like, well, yeah, obviously they couldn't do 23 films with the same Bond, but I'm just saying, like, could they have done, like, what they did with the Bourne films where they, like, sort of just they bring in a new character to take over? You could maybe do it without Bond. One of my favourite TV shows as a kid was the animated series James Bond Jr., yeah. Oh, no. It's James Bond's son. And that was fantastic. So I guess you could do the show or the films uh, with a different character. I'm not talking about what would make it more successful. I'm talking about what would please me. <laughs> so, yeah. You know how Bond's always like asking for his martini shaken and not stirred? There's a great West Wing episode where Bartlett's like going like, that will mean the ice cracks and, like, the water, like, will melt and you have just, like, a dud martini. It's like, <laughs> it's like Bond's ordering a bad martini and he's doing it in a douchey way. Like, <laughs> that, is that yeah. the quote? Is that the West Wing quote? Bond's ordering a bad martini in a douchey way. Yeah. Maybe after a... I, everyone loved... Casino Royale did very well, didn't it? Yeah, people seem to like that. People mm. called that the revival of the series. Mm. That did quite well commercially and critically. And Quantum of Solace was a bit of a flop. Like, critically at least. People were not raving about Quantum of Solace. I don't think it was a disaster, but I think it was considered a step down from Casino yeah. Royale. So, for Skyfall, they wanted to bounce back a bit from Quantum of Solace. So, they've called in one of the big guns, an Oscar-winning director, Sam Mendes. Yeah, Sam Mendes won Best Director at the Oscars for American Beauty. Mm. He's also done uh, Road to Perdition, Jarhead, Revolutionary Road, and Away We Go. So the people behind Bond wanted to stop the slide, yeah. the, new, the new Bond series with Daniel Craig. They wanted to... Uh, so what they did is they got in a director who's familiar with being in a slide, with the great American Beauty, <laughs> and then doing films that I guess seem... Each worse than the last. Road to Perdition, Jarhead, Revolutionary Road, Away We Go, which I didn't actually see, and now Skyfall. I I haven't seen two of those films, but it definitely seems like it is a complete slot. Like, (laughs) 
I think American Beauty was very good. I, I, I really like that. Um, oh, the rose petal scene. Iconic. <laughs> Iconic. Um, Rage Magician I thought was quite good too, though a little, little dry. Jarhead I did not really enjoy at all. Revolutionary Road I did not see because I did, uh, I thought I'd hate it from the look of it. Yeah, and away we go. No one's really talking about that. So, yeah. So I thought he would be as motivated as they were (laughs) for a bounce back. Yeah. He needed it too. Can he sprinkle some of that American beauty rose petal magic on (laughs) Bond? (laughs) So I guess that brings us to the film Skyfall. Mm. Doom, doom, doom. <laughs> Was that supposed to be Bond music? Yeah. Oh, I love it. Sounds like you're just doing like random horn effects. I feel like I'm in some underground jazz funk club. I'll take that as a compliment. <laughs> okay. Skyfall opens with a bit of an action scene, a bit of a chase, as I think most Bond films do. There's a bad guy. He gets some, like, memory stick computer thing, which has a list on it. And Bond knows he definitely has it. Yeah. I like this. There's a laptop with the hard drives pulled out. And he says to everybody who's in his earpiece, oh, it's gone. They're like, are you sure? And he lifts up the laptop just to see if it was hiding under it. Like, the back of it's just been smashed and it's been ripped out. Like, maybe they ripped it out and then just left it underneath the laptop. Yeah, I'm sure. I checked underneath. (laughs) Yeah, so they try to get this. It's got a list on it. Do they say what the list is at the beginning of the movie? It's important, man. It's an important list. It's M shopping list. (laughs) So uh, he's got to chase the bad guy to get the list, which is on a necklace. He's brought his own necklace to put this on. So he's wearing it around his neck, this giant... Some effeminate bad guys. (laughs) (laughs) So they chase... And it's a pretty awesome chase scene. Mm. Like, they get on... uh, The guy steals a policeman's motorbike... Bond just finds a motorbike lying around. I did think of Bond Legacy. Just the random, just grab the random guy's motorbike. And then they like go along the rooftops and these little like uh, guttering things and stuff. That looked really cool. I wasn't sure what those things were. I just thought they were things that were conveniently laid out for people to drive motorbikes (laughs) across buildings on. It looked awesome, right? (laughs) Yeah, it was pretty exciting. And then he jumps on a train, and Bond jumps on a train, and he gets, like, a crane to, like, smash into the train, and then they're fighting on the top of the train in the tunnel. Like, it's very exciting. That reminded me of Uncharted 2, the video game. That will definitely be used in the next Bond video game if they make another one. Yeah, they did. And you thought all Bond or the bad guy needs to do is, like, hold the guy's head up to the top of the (laughs) tunnel, and your head would just get minced. (laughs) Then we've got uh, Bond's sidekick, British girl from um, 28 Days Later, who she's following in the car. She does a very good job of following a train. like, <laughs> But she gets ahead of the train, and they're going on along this bridge, and she's got a sniper. And Bond and the bad guy are fighting each other on the top of the train for this necklace. 
and she's lining up the shot. She goes, I don't know what I should do. Should I shoot at him? And M goes, yeah, take the shot. She goes, it's not a certainty. And she goes, no, take the shot. So she shoots, and she hits James Bond, and he falls off the like a huge bridge into a water, <laughs> goes down a waterfall. He's dead. I liked how it wasn't... Like, it didn't go hit the other guy. Like, it was a good shot, but then the bullet went through and hit Bond as well. Hmm. Or just kind of wing Bond. No, it was just like a clean shot on Bond. Like, that's the <laughs> worst she could have done. <laughs> yeah. Because the other guy's like, oh, thanks for that. Yeah, well, he needed to get away. <laughs> so, as I was having seen this go, it'd be a pretty ballsy move to kill Bond in the opening scene and not have the film about Bond. Maybe that would have pleased you, Matt. She gets upgraded <laughs> to 007 status and the film becomes about her. Oh, my. So, but I thought he's probably not really dead. Because <laughs> I saw him get shot in the trailer and more things happened in the trailer that didn't happen in the first five minutes of the movie. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, but anyway, he decides to go to, like, Mexico or something. Where does he go? Yeah, I don't know. It is sort of a... Islandy, nicey, Central American type, middle of nowhere place. And he's loving it. He's having the time of his life. Sleeping with hot foreign women. The most popular guy in the bar because he can, like, drink a shot while having a scorpion on his hands. (laughs) All the things cool kids are doing these days. Um, He's loving it. But, of course, Bond comes back into action there's drama back in London. Te- he sees it on the TV. There's a terrorist attack in London. He's pulled back into the fold. Very Jack Bauer style, right? <laughs> there's no other Jack Bowers and there's no other 007s. You'd think he'd yeah. be like, well, 008 can take this one. Yeah. But nah, they need Bond. Yeah. All this commotion and trouble is being caused by the people who have this list that got stolen at the beginning of the movie. So I guess the premise is... We've got to find the person who's got that list. Bond, I guess, might resent M Hmm. for giving his partner permission to take the shot. Yeah. And it turns out the people involved with the the attacks have a relationship with M as well. Hmm. So M is actually quite central to this Skyfall. She could be argued as the fulcrum character of the movie. Mm -hmm. So what do you... Did you like that there was a big focus on M? Uh, It gave Judy Dench a lot to do, certainly. In a way, I did like it because it gives you a reason to root for the characters and it explains more of the motivations behind some of the characters' actions than just, we're the good guys, here's the better guys, there's going to be an attack, we've got to stop it. There's sort of more at stake when you are involved in the characters. Hmm. I've never really liked Judy Dench and, and M in the series, but I kind of liked the fact that in this, people were angry at her. Hmm. For example, if M were to get kidnapped and Bond has to save her, I'd be a bit like, yeah, whatever, let yeah. it go. Yeah. But because there's that kind of tension, whether he forgives her or not, and someone resents M, I'm kind of like, yeah, resent M, and then she has to work to sort of redeem herself. Yeah, M's definitely... Um backed into a corner a bit, like, in this film. She, she's getting a bit of pressure, political... She's government review or yeah, something. all sorts of, like... So it's all hitting the fan for M, which... What, what do they all call her? Mum or... Mum or ma'am? I couldn't... Because, yeah, they're, like, the, the Bond's partner who shot him going, Agent Down, Mum. 
Like, you know, why is everyone calling her mum? Yeah, she's she's, like, she's yeah. giving birth to all well, no, my six ages. So is this like some sort of like, well, she's old enough to be my mum, so I'm just going to call her mum. Like, I think it's just a pretty, having her watched so the just, bill or something, isn't yeah, just everyone like sir and mum? Like, that's sort sorry, of male and female. Bill fan. No, like, that's just craziness. Who yeah. isn't a huge fan of the bill? Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> I know, uh, yeah, I don't know. I, I, yeah, it just was a bit weird. Then, then like, so is M like a letter that she has, or is like she Emily or Emma? Is it like E? This is where you're showing that you just don't know anything about Bond. Like that's what they do. Like people have Nick, like Q. He's the guy that does uh, all the yeah. technical stuff. She's M. Like people have names. So the names not Emily. No. Okay. So some of them have letters and some of them have numbers. What's the difference between a number and a letter? Field agents might get numbers. I remember in Casino Royale. The double O was you had to get two kills before you were able to take up this position of special agent. Oh, so the double O means something. It's not just like 007. Like, it's not like a combination. <laughs> we, we think they'll get into the hundreds of these people, <laughs> but we're going to start out with uh, just there, a few. So you're, yeah. you're the seventh, but we reckon we'll get up over 100. <laughs> yeah, we'll get, <laughs> yes. We're, we haven't accounted for more than 999. Yeah. So once we get to that, well, then maybe that's when they start delegating letters. <laughs> okay, we got 999. Okay, our 1,000th person can be A. Uh, two thousand one hundred and one but it's gonna be B. We've got to nine hundred and ninety nine, but there's definitely not gonna be more than twenty six more. We'll yeah. only allocate one letter for yes. all the people beyond that. Yes. Okay. Uh so yeah, anyway, M. There's also a Bond girl in this film. Everyone's always excited to hear who the Bond girl is going to be. Mm. And in this film the role of the Bond girl is played by Berenice Marlowe. Mm-hmm. Yes. And sometimes there's more than one Bond girl. I don't think you call the people part of MI6 Bond girls. No. Like, M's not a Bond girl. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) And I think his partner's the same because they don't sleep together. Like, I think Bond has to sleep with the Bond girl. Bond would never sleep with any of his partners. Well, I think when he does, then they become a Bond girl. (laughs) So that's it. If Bond sleeps with you, you're a Bond girl. I think so. <laughs> I think that's the criteria, right? I think I thought she would have more to do in the film. Normally mm. the Bond girls aren't just love interests. They usually have a role in the mm. story. And she did a little bit, but let's just say if she wasn't as stunning as she was, she'd do well to make the movie poster. Because she's yeah. not that integral yeah. no, to the storyline. Yeah, she's very much a pawn of this film. I had an issue with Bond and his interaction with this a Bond girl. They're having a talk for the first time, and James Bond is reading her situation very well. Like, he finds a tattoo on her arm, and he's going, you you grew up in prostitution, didn't you? And you're this person who you don't want to be with. And then, like, the very next scene they're in together, she's in the shower, and he just comes into the shower naked and has sex with her, I feel like she was in too vulnerable a style. Like, I don't think this is a nice guy move. I think if I was just on my own having a shower and then all of a sudden I'm grabbed from behind, I'm thinking, help, rape. Yes, yes. <laughs> yeah. I'm not thinking, 
Hmm, this is some suave man. <laughs> yes, exactly. Ah, oh, yes, it was you. Classy move, Bond. Yeah. <laughs> yes. I thought it was incredibly creepy. <laughs> Look how stealthily I entered you. Surely I'll be able to help you get away yes. from the bad guys. Yeah. You can trust me. Yeah, you can trust me. I'm coming into your shower nude. I, I, I thought it was an abuse of trust. Um... <laughs> Put her in a situation where she lives in a world where she has no one she can trust and no one that hasn't used her for her body and things like that. And for Bond to come in and do that seemed like a bit of a... Like, he's meant to be the hero. He's meant to be the guy we root for. And he just seems to not care about this girl at all. So, yeah, I think she did an okay job, but I don't think she'll go down as one of the iconic Bond girls. Can I say something else that made Bond come across as a really, like, douchey person in this movie? (laughs) Yeah, go ahead. Okay. There's a scene where, uh, and I'll try to say this without spoiling anything, where someone dies, okay? Not a character we don't care about. So it's not just a stranger on the street or anything. It's someone we've at least heard some dialogue from. They die, and through this person dying, uh, some scotch hits the ground, and and is spilt. Bond decides this is the perfect moment for a witty one-liner, which was, that was a waste of good scotch. <laughs> like, no concern for the person just being, like, shot. <laughs> like, he thought, yeah, yeah, good time for a joke now. As soon as the scotch came out, I thought there's going to be a bad one-liner about scotch being wasted. Yeah. And then it couldn't have been more poorly timed. Like, yeah. at the one point in the film where, like, a one-liner is not really appropriate, yeah. yes. that's when they drop the obvious, pretty average one-liner. Yeah. So I really um, found this Bond to be an incredibly douchey, like, person. Just from those couple of moments, it's going, no good person would do that. Yes, another key part of the... Bond series, is the villain. Mm -hmm. In Skyfall, it's played by Javier Bardem. Mm -hmm. Oscar winner, Javier Bardem. No Country for Old Men. Call it. Friendo. (laughs) (laughs) And he's borrowed Donald Trump's hair for the role. Yeah. He has a pretty weird sort of blonde uh, comb comb over type thing. Mm -hmm. But despite his really fake hair, he gives her a really charismatic performance. Mm. I think he... Grabs you right at the start. The first time we get to see him, he walks down this sort of long hall and gives this speech. And it's a, it's a really good sort of monologue to introduce you to the character, and both from the audience point of view and to Bond mm. as well. And you get a really good introduction there. Mm. I was actually hoping for more of that. After that, I was like, yes, I want more monologues, more speeches from Javier Bardem. And obviously he's the main bad guy. We get him in some more scenes, but I think he peaks there. That was my my favourite Javier Bardem moment. He used all his good stuff up in his first feature bond. Yeah. It's about rats, computers. That was so good. He's telling the story of the rats and he, just his little inflections and he's like just imitating yeah. the rat noises. I thought were brilliant. Then they eat rats. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, he's uh, got, he got his creep on again. Javier Bardem. I guess it won an Oscar for him in the past. Uh, does this seem to me... Uh, this this seemed to me in many ways like uh, what the Joker is to Batman, Javier Bardem is to, to Bond. Right? He's more about creating chaos. 
He's more about the personal, like focusing on individuals and playing with their minds and playing with them and, and having fun while he's doing things. Yeah, I think he's quite a layered character. <clears throat> he's not just a typical Russian bad guy out for world domination or he just hates America or Britain. He has personal relationships with people <clears throat> in the film. And he goes about dealing with them in quite an odd way, like touching James Bond in almost a homoerotic fashion and saying odd things like, Mommy was very bad. Yes. <laughs> Which is creepy. And people in the film, in the cinema, laughed at those things, but they were only laughing at him. I think we were supposed to just be yeah. sort of stunned and surprised mm. by this weird villain. Yeah, and some of the things he does are exciting to watch. There's a thing with the train. There's just a really cool, like, thing that he Two does. Two cool train scenes in the yes. one film. <laughs> yes, um, The way him and Bond slide down the escalators, I just thought was really cool. Like, like, I don't know. I just think, like, there's some really good action stuff with him as well, not just monologues. Like, I, I thought he's a really good villain. There's something else I wanted to touch on a bit. Now, at the end of the film, the big climax of the film, Bond M go to a house, there's some old guy there that teams up with them, so you've got the three of them, and they're pretty much waiting for the bad guys to arrive, and there's going to be a big showdown at this house, okay? What did you think of this as a setup for the final sort of showdown? I guess I thought it was all right. You've got all the key players, you've got some history about the character of James Bond being revealed, and you get the chance for them to sort of fortify the house and do some kind of cool gadgety sort of James Bond type things. But then again, I didn't think it was that original, just, you know, you're waiting at a house for someone to show up. I think it builds tension well. But do you know what, there was another film this reminded me of, and while I'm watching it go, this is straight out of the playbook of this film. What film am I thinking of? I'm trying to think if there's a scene from Return of Jafar... No, which is similar it's to not this, Return of We know films like to steal. Yeah, it's not Return, Return of Jafar. Jafar. It's not Return of Jafar. It's Home Alone. <laughs> it's straight out of the Home Alone playbook. <laughs> we know the bad guys are coming to the house. They want to do bad things. We've got to set up the booby traps. We've got to set up the traps. We've got to get everything ready. Know what's happening. Connect that to the light switch. Put the bags of things here, put the gun there, put the everything there. It was straight out. It was exactly the same as Home Alone. <laughs> and in your opinion, did it execute it as well <laughs> as Home Alone? Home Alone had, I guess, a few funnier things to happen to the villains. Like, there were no, like, pies getting thrown in Javier Bardem's face when he rocks up. <laughs> But I'd say in some ways they outdid Home Alone in terms of building tension and, like, the way it was shot and things. Like, (laughs) I was more on the edge of my seat than I was watching Home Alone. I don't know. I think they could have used Kevin. He was pretty creative. He did a lot more uh, booby traps, creative ones. Yeah, I I think Kevin would have definitely helped them. Um, So, yeah, I don't know why they didn't call him up. Yeah. But seriously, I thought it was great. I thought they built it built the tension well. And I thought it was really exciting to see it not a big city scene terrorism thing, but just like it's in this house, in this field, they're all isolated. So their backs are against the wall. You're fortifying a place. I just thought it was really fun, exciting, and good to watch. I really liked it. 
as well as Return of Jafar films, should be stealing from Home Alone more. <laughs> yeah. If you're trying to do well on the screen verdict review. Yeah, maybe. So speaking of verdicts, let's get to our verdict. Hmm. Matt, what did you think of Skyfall? I was someone who was going to this thing. I'm sure it's not bad. Uh, it's gotten pretty good reviews. I'm sure I'll enjoy it. Towards the beginning, yeah, it's going along okay. I thought the opening scene was pretty good. It started to lose me a little bit. I fell asleep for about 10, 15 minutes <laughs> of the movie. Um, probably when James Bond goes through these training exercises, like, just wake up and he's just, like, missing a lot of targets. Like, what is he... Why is he missing all the targets and getting really angry? I'm going to go back to bed. <laughs> then I wake up another five minutes later. I wake up, you know, before everything goes down in Macau and everything. So... But then, like, I think it really picked up as he starts, uh, I don't know, fighting dragons and uh, uh, going to casinos and uh, going to islands and meeting Javier Bardem and trying to save M and the big thing. is Like, I was really excited. I thought it was a great villain. I thought it was a great final showdown. I really enjoyed watching this film. It was a lot of fun, a lot of uh, very tense, some, some great scenes. I'm going to give this an 8 out of 10. Ooh. I think Daniel Craig is an okay Bond. I think I like the fact that he's a little bit more rough around the edges. He's a little bit more believable in sort of the action sequences, I think, perhaps, than maybe Pierce Brosnan. But I think in this one they tried to make him a little bit more suave. They gave him more one-liners, and I think some of them hit, some of them didn't. Actually, everyone in this film was giving one-liners, uh, especially his partner, Eve. Everything she said was so, was a joke. And I thought pretty much all of hers were terrible. Hmm. I think the story for this was quite good. There was things for all the characters to do that actually meant they were involved in the story. But I don't think they really explored them. When I think about it, I'm not really sure why the film was two hours, 20 minutes long. That's It's quite a long film, and I felt like it was probably about a 90-minute film that they didn't actually explore the relationships enough in. And they especially didn't give enough time to Javier Bardem. Javier Bardem, easily my MVP of the film. Mm. I think he'll become known as one of the best Bond villains. I think he was excellent Mm. and should be discussed come awards season. Mm. So I loved him, but I was disappointed he wasn't used even more. And then I guess the rest of the film just kind of played out sort of how I expected it to. It was just kind of average Bond affair for me. Like, the Bond girl didn't do that much. I thought the climax was okay. Mm. And for the most part, I just thought it was watchable and enjoyable, but just short of anything spectacular. Mm. So I'm going to give Skyfall a 7 out of 10. Okay. Now let's quickly go to a housekeeping segment, and uh, we'll talk about something we touched on a bit last year. Uh, Last year we had a big discussion on People Magazine's Sexiest Man Alive. Society was outraged that Ryan Gosling was overlooked in favour of Bradley Cooper. Um, I too, man. And you too. And I think we we screwed, but I think both agreed that that was a bad uh, decision and we we threw it over to the fans to vote. I think Ryan Gosling won our poll. So, uh, narrowly edging out you and myself, (laughs) Matt. (laughs) Yes, yes. So. There we go. They've announced this year's Sexiest Man Alive winner. So I thought it'd be good to uh, fill people in on who, who won this year. You see, they gave it to uh, Channing Tatum. Channing Tatum. What do we think of that? We did a podcast on 21 Jump Street this year. He was also in Magic Mike. Yes, we reviewed 21 Jump Street, which I thought was surprisingly good. I wasn't expecting a lot of it or expecting much from Channing Tatum. But I thought he was actually quite funny in it. Yeah, you really uh, liked he, that. he was really good. 
Magic Mike. We did a poll on the Screen Verdict page. Did the audience want us to do a Ted or Magic Mike podcast, and we watched Ted instead. Yeah, Magic Mike won the poll, but we got those votes after we already recorded the Ted podcast. It was so, ahead yeah. at the point yeah. at which we decided to do a podcast. Yeah, and then all these Magic Mike votes came in. From the trailer, it would seem like that was a pretty sexy role. Yeah. Like, playing the role of a stripper named Magic Mike is probably going to help you in a sexiest person contest. And and I think it got the water cooler talk. Like, he, you know, when that was out, Magic Mike was a water cooler movie. So he had the buzz this year. And actually did well, critically. Yes. You'd think a stripper film called Magic Mike might not be taken seriously, but it did pretty well. Personally, I think Ryan Gosling still could have won on the back of his performance in Drive last year. <laughs> But I don't think Channing Tatum is as out and outrageous a snub as, as it was last year. Well, I, I I think Ryan Gosling is a sexier man, but I don't think he did anything this year. And I think you do need some level of this, something you have to have Gangster done. Squad got pushed back to January next yeah. year. Yeah, so I, I think, like, you do have to have had some talk that calendar year, I think, in order to be eligible. I think that's why we were calling Bradley Cooper last year a questionable choice. You know, limitless. People went crazy for Limitless. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Hangover Part 2 is like small role in that. Yeah, so funnily enough, this year they could have given it to Bradley Cooper for his role in Silver Linings Playbook, which has actually got him some Oscar buzz. You know, you could argue maybe Ben Affleck could have been eligible this year with all the Argo talk and stuff. Hugh Jackman with Les Mis coming out. A few contenders, but I think Magic... There wasn't a clear winner, a clear person, I think, to give it to this year. Like, last year, Ryan Gosling was just the clear choice. <laughs> there also... A... Well, I'll be emailing People magazine, nonetheless. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Jonathan, organising the protest now. <laughs> uh, they also... Esquire, we didn't talk about this last year, but Esquire announced Sexiest Woman Alive for the year. Something uh, me or Jonathan might have uh, more thought-out opinions on. <laughs> Uh, and they gave it this year to Mila Kunis, who was in Ted, the movie we reviewed over Magic Mike. <laughs> so that's all she's done this year, other than obviously her, uh, other, uh, other than her work on Family Guy as Meg, um, which isn't a particularly sexy role. <laughs> so, so yeah, perhaps not off the back of Buzz this year. Mm. Yeah, she's unquestionably very hot. I'm fine with it based on her performance in Black Swan. She was great in Black Swan. That was my favourite movie. film of 2010. And it's a pretty sexy role. It is. It is. However, I think she didn't do enough this year to warrant it. I think, like, I, I think three ways they could have gone. What about Jennifer Lawrence, who was in um, The Hunger Games, one of the biggest movies of the year. She's in the Sil- Silver Linings Playbook, which is giving her a lot of Oscar buzz. She's one of the front runners to win Best Actress at the Oscars for playing a sex addict. <laughs> You've got Emma Stone, whose stock seen to rise a lot this year, getting the lead role in Spider-Man and doing another, another couple of things like She's that. She's also in Gangster Squad. Whoever got the <laughs> release date of Gangster Squad pushback has screwed over <laughs> yeah. a lot of sexy people. Yes, yes. <laughs> um, so, you know, her stock seems to be rising and, and, and Emma Stone. And I think maybe the third one could be maybe a Zoe Dash now if, yeah. because of New Girl becoming yeah. such a big uh, show this year. Uh, so... Yeah, like the TV actor is going to win the award. <laughs> okay, for now, Jennifer Lawrence seems like the... Sorry, Brad like Pitt. Ted Mosby is sexier than you. <laughs> 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 I 
Not likely. Did you hear the guy from Two and a Half Men has come out with a video telling people not to watch Two and a Half Men? Which guy from Two and a Half Men? The kid. <laughs> He's become a Christian and he thinks it's filth. Like, <laughs> <laughs> He's come out. I'm on the show and I'm telling you not to watch it. I don't even want to be on it anymore. That's bizarre. <laughs> Where's that? I think I'm more offended by the quality of Two and a yes. Half Men than the sexual or language content in it. The funny thing is, like, I think for years we've all thought, once this show ends, this guy's going to find it hard to get work. <laughs> and now he's just asking them to end the show. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, sorry. So that was a bit of an aside. I just read that yesterday and thought it was funny. So maybe you, the Screen Verdict listeners, can let us on the Facebook page know who you think should have won. Yes. Either of the things... Like maybe emailing People Magazine, maybe name drop us. Yeah, the suggestion for 2013. Yes. If you think it's warranted, I. Some people seem to last year. What do we have next week on the agenda? I think next week we've got a season three of Boardwalk Empire review. So I'm really excited for that. I've been a big fan of the show's first two seasons. We'll let you know what we think of the third. Hopefully you're excited for it too, and we'll see you next week. Goodbye.